Welcome to the Girl Vibes Only podcast with your host, Lauren Mancini. Love that for us. Please help a girl out. <laughs> I don't want to be an adult. And Anna Marie Warrington. I have two shots. I'm done for the night. Can I get another one sandwich? No pickles. I fucked up. Hi, Lar. Hello, Anna. How are you? Doing good. How are you? I'm good. Um, I'm really excited about today's episode. Yes. Um, I think it's going to be a really good one. I feel like this is one we've been planning on recording for like literally months now. Um, I think we talked about this like season one. Yeah. We started literally talking season about it. One, we started talking about this, but um, I think it's going to be a really great episode. It's something I'm super interested in and I think it's super, super relatable and something everyone probably needs to hear. I feel like it's very relevant um, this time of month too, just because yeah. now we're like, talk- we're like into Thanksgiving. We're into seeing people for the first first time during the holidays and I feel like this just comes up a lot um and of course we're talking about intuitive eating if you couldn't tell by the title of the episode yes and so we brought this up once before I think earlier on in a season one episode I put it on my vision board for this year so probably the first ever episode one of the first ever episodes so um if you don't know what intuitive eating is um I'm by far no expert we are going to have um an expert on to talk about it, but, um, (laughs) it's basically the gist of intuitive eating is listening to your body and like mindful eating. So, um, just making sure to like, listen to yourself, eat when you're hungry, stop eating when you're full and, um, you know, just take, just getting away with that whole diet culture mindset and like restricting yourself. Um, cause that's not healthy. And it's just, I feel like diet culture in general can just one, it's not healthy for your body, but two, it can just put you in such an unhealthy mindset as well. Yeah. So intuitive eating, it's definitely supposed to be like a lot more freeing and like you have more control over like your thoughts and like how you feel about eating and, um, your eating habits and everything like that. So I think it's, a really smart way to go about your, I don't want to call it a diet is in restriction, but like just literally your diet and how you eat and Mm -hmm. everything like that. So today we are going to have on, um, Amelia. She is one of our good friends from high school. We've known her. I've known me and Amelia went to elementary school together, actually. So you guys Um, go really back. Yeah, we go really back, uh, really far back. She's lived in the neighborhood behind me. I'd like Mm -hmm. walk through the houses, like in my neighborhood to go over to like Amelia's neighborhood, which is so funny. Um, But so Amelia, do you want to say hi? Sure. Hi, Anna. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Yeah, we're so excited. excited. Um, Sorry, you can go. No, no, I was just going to say, it's so funny. I always forget that our neighborhoods were backed up to each other. We really lived the life. We did. We were literally like, like the two houses would be like back to back. And I would just walk through both both uh, yards and I'd be in Amelia's neighborhood. That's amazing. My, my, like me and Lawrence, one of our good friend, Michael, is actually one of Amelia's best friends that you and Michael have been friends since what? Like literally preschool? Yeah, I think so. Oh, <laughs> little baby Michael. Yeah, Michael and Amelia yeah. lived in the same neighborhood. Michael was my fourth and fifth grade boyfriend. Um, so that's who I'm yeah. hanging out with. <laughs> but um, so yeah, we go way back, and I'm super excited to have Amelia on this episode. Um, 
we're going to go over like Amelia's story and her journey with like finding intuitive eating and just like having a really like, I think, especially like talking to you and like seeing your um, food Instagram, which feel free to plug. Um, I feel like you definitely have like a very good grasp on the whole intuitive eating mindset. So I'm really excited to like hear about your story and hear like your tips and tricks with intuitive eating and everything like that. So I'm super excited that you agreed to come on the episode and that everyone's going to get to hear all of this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited to kind of share my journey through, you know, getting to intuitive eating. It certainly didn't start off right away, but um, I'll be sharing my journey with you all. That's so exciting. So let's start first, Meals, by just introducing yourself. Like, what do you do for a living? What have you been up to for 2020? Um, you know, get let everybody get to know you a little bit. Yeah. So um, Amelia Settler, I'm 27. I live um, outside of Boston right now. And I, like Anna said, I grew up in the neighborhood next to her. And it's funny, in Boston, people can, like, tell right away that I'm not from the area because I can't pronounce waters. Like, oh, <laughs> the accent. It's like I grew up in the suburbs of Philadelphia. I'm not even from Philadelphia. Water. But, <laughs> but, yeah, so I'm um, outside of Boston. I came up here for work. I work um, in marketing in a biotech here. Been here for about over two years. That's so and, crazy. Um, I can't believe it's been two years already. Wow. I remember I know, when I you moved to Boston. <laughs> it's crazy. I know. I've survived two Boston winters. That's so. insane. <laughs> but like um, like Anna said, I'm going to be sharing the my intuitive eating story a little bit more. But what I've been doing in 2020 is actually a little bit ironic once you hear my kind of journey with food is I've been baking a lot of bread, which is a food <laughs> that I used to be terrified of. <laughs> Freaking love so, bread. The bread oh looks fabulous, God. by the way. Oh, thank you. Well, you know what? I got in the craze of the sourdough. Like, uh, yeah. I'm and, a big sourdough fan. Yeah. And, like, I thought, I mean, a hobby with me sometimes it lasts a week, sometimes it lasts two months, but I think I'm going eight months strong with the sourdough. Love wow, that. Wow. Look at you. <laughs> Very exciting. But, yeah, other than that, I've just been, you know, hanging tight here. Um, and yeah, trying out some new recipes, like your shameless plug here, I created a food Instagram, Meals by Meals. <laughs> the cutest name in the world of Instagram and names. it's so good to follow. Like the recipe, everything just looks so yummy. <laughs> Thank you. I should disclose that people call me Meals. Like, yes. <laughs> we call her Meals. <laughs> when somebody I, first called me that, they were like, oh, is it because you love food? I'm like, well, yeah, but no. It's like, I didn't make that connection to now, but thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's just dive in then because I feel like we have so much to talk about and your story is just super relatable. So um, if you just want to kick it off and then Anna and I, as the non-experts, will definitely be asking questions. Well, thank you. I will say I am by no means an expert. I just love to, you know, dive into this. Listen, you're the best of the three uh, three of us in the room, so you're... <laughs> not a dietitian, not a nutritionist, but I will certainly share my story with you all. Um, so I'll start off by saying, you know, there's like when people ask you, what is the first memory you have of like, you know, your existence, or not your existence, but you know, one of those things. Um, I was trying to think of the, the first time I viewed my body differently. And the first time I remember was in third grade, and it was in elementary school gym. 
um, in the gym class. And I remember, I don't know if you can picture this, but it's like it was that giant rope that like from the ceiling to the ground. Yes, I remember. Terrifying. <laughs> exactly. And it's an elementary school, like kid, like not many people can do that. Um, but, no. you know, I tried and I failed. And I remember some kids were like laughing at me, you know, I'm getting over that part. <laughs> I remember my, kid, my, you know, friend stood up for me and was like, it's not her fault. She's big boned. Like, you know, like back off. And I kind of like stood behind her with like my hand on my head. I'm like, yeah, I'm big boned. Feeling <laughs> <laughs> like, what does that even mean as yeah. a third grader? Exactly. And like, I, I share the story with you because, you know, I went, believe me, I went home after after school that day, I'm sure had did my homework and ate some Dunkaroos or something. But as a kid, you, I kind of grasped onto that idea that I was big boned. And like, that's what, you know, that's why my body's a little bit bigger than my friends. And, you know, and that's just what it was. So as a kid, I kind of had that like big bone mentality. <laughs> it sounds kind of funny to say out loud, but you know, that's how I identified myself. Um, so that's just kind of like one way I, you know, started to realize that maybe my body was a little bit different. And I want to say this is third grade, no bodies, you know, you should not be thinking about your body as a third grader. Yeah. No, um, you no. develop like years and years yeah. later. And that's so true. Like this point, um, just like thinking like the first time you like kind of maybe like recognized your body, because like I, as soon as you said that, like, I remember the first time, like, I don't even know how to put it, but like my, I felt like my body was like taking up space and like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like that, like uncomfortable feeling. And I was super, super young. I remember I was like in like a theater camp, which like so weird. Could you imagine me? No. <laughs> like what? You need to go back to that. Right. <laughs> I was like in elementary school and my mom signed me up for a theater camp and we were watching, I was in like a tank top because it was summer and we were watching back our skits. And the teacher told me, Anna Marie, suck in your stomach. <gasps> and that was the first time. And I was always like a very tiny person. And I, that was the first time I was like a super aware of my body. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and like we're 26 and 27 and we still remember those moments. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough to think that, you know, kids hear these comments. And that was just a story I can remember. But I mean, I want to be honest, though, like growing up, I grew up, I grew up in a very lovely family, you know, there was always like our pantry was stocked, food was very big in my family, my mom's Italian, so it's like all the stereotypes, she's just, you know, I don't want to say obsessed with food, but food was love, and you know, there was love in our house, um, but what, what also happened in my house was my parents did almost every diet in the book, like, mm. there was a diet called, um, it was called the cookie diet, what? what? So, yeah. So you hear cookie and you're like, what in the world? So I remember, I think I must have been like, I must have been 10 or 12. Um, but they had, um, you would have this like cookie for lunch and dinner. And it was the same thing. It was like this nutrient dense, disgusting, like cookie looking thing. But if you ate that for lunch and dinner and then had a smoothie for breakfast, that was the diet. Oh so, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So as a kid, I mean, you, um, you know, going back to the Dunkaroo reference, you're eating these Dunkaroos in the cabinets and, you know, you're eating whatever and your parents are saying, you know, eat this and you can eat that, um, but don't diet. But then you see them dieting. Yeah. So it's conflicting. You, yeah. Yeah. And, um, 
And again, I want to reiterate, like I did not grow up in a bad household no. or anything like that. <laughs> my poor mom's going to listen to this and be like, Amelia? <laughs> no, but I, I totally understand because my mom's Italian. And when you said food is love, that's exactly how, like even now I'm, you know, dieting, not dieting, sorry, that's a bad word, but like I'm just being mindful of what I'm eating in advance of my wedding. And I went over to my parents' house last night and my mom like whips out, she like, of course I walk in and there's dinner on the table and then she whips out cookies to make mm-hmm. cookies. And I was like, mom, I'm trying to be good. And she's like, but I'm trying to like, I, I want to make it special. Like yeah. she just like, that's her love. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's, I so relate with that. Yeah, no, I have the same, my mom is Italian as well. And it was like, I remember my mom like dieting as a kid. Like I remember like, that's like probably one of the first memories I have is my mom. And like, she was always like, wanted to like exercise and like wanted to like look her best. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. But I, when I think about like the diet mindset she had when I was a kid and even now when she tries to like lose weight and do things like that, it is like, it's so toxic. And I think it's just like she's a product of her like generation. Oh, yeah. And like how, you know, diet mindset back then. But it's so true. Like when you think about your parents and like the way they view food and the way the way they view diets and everything, it's just so that's where I learned the mentality of diets. And this is where I'm now learning like that's not a good mentality to have. But it's it is really crazy when you like see how rooted your habits are to your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're spot on. You're like, you learn from what, what you were taught. So, you know, you can't blame our parents when they probably were growing up with this. And I think I'm fortunate in the sense where I um, learned about intuitive eating and my mind shift has kind of changed. And I'm, you know, talking to my mom a little bit more about respecting your body and the way you look. But you're right. It's, you know, you kind of, whatever you, um, whatever you're growing up with, it's hard not to, hard not to follow. Yeah. Um, so that's just like a little bit of my, about my background. Um, and then throughout, throughout middle school and high school, I feel like my weight um, really, really fluctuated. Like there was some, um, there was some times in the year where I was, you know, lost a lot of weight if I was playing a sport. And then, of course, when the winter came around um, with my, um, I gained a lot of weight and I realized as years went on, it had to do with seasonal depression. So it was just like a lot of learning um, a lot of ways I learned about my body, but kind of what I want to focus on more is that college and post-college part of my journey here. Um, I think, I think the most well-known phrase going into freshman year is, Oh, be careful. The freshman 15. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But like, it's such a common phrase because it happens. Like you gain weight in college. You don't realize that the late night pizza and like the, you know, drinking and smoking all adds up. It adds up and like your body is just changing and like, especially as women, like getting older, like your body just changes. Like, so it's like the effects of college, but then just like, yeah, literally growing. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. And plus, like, I think Instagram came out our freshman year. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this, this could be like 7 million more podcasts, but like the way social media kind of construct your views on your body and how to eat and it's yeah. like it's crazy yeah it's it is. really bad I'm, I'm very grateful that we did not go through middle school and high school with yeah. social media because i think it would have been an even worse ball game oh than my God. yeah you know 
I feel oh so bad God. for kids these days. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, but freshman year, you know, I bring up freshman cooking because I probably gained that and then some. Um, but, you know, I was told I was going to gain it, so it was okay. You know, I, like, let myself know that that was going to happen. So why not? I just kind of didn't really care about my nutrition and was partying and whatnot. But, again, that was kind of expected. Um, but what really, like, took a turn for me in which I gained probably the most weight is from studying abroad um my junior year and again let me say that that was like the best or one of the best like experiences I had we were I was in uh, Barcelona and we were drinking every night we were eating everything possible um I don't know if anybody's ever been to Spain but they had like patatas brava and it's um it's like fried potatoes with it sounds really gross saying it out loud but it's fried potatoes with like a garlic and sriracha like sauce. It actually sounds um, amazing. Yeah, I'm sounds like, <laughs> sounds <laughs> so freaking good. The extra ingredient is mayo too, so it's like the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the way I you, you can tell I love food by me describing potatoes bravo in my studying abroad days. <laughs> but the reason why I say that is because you know I enjoy myself and I don't regret it at all. But when I came home from studying abroad, I remember like seeing my mom for the first time in like a few months and she, she didn't gasp. I will say she didn't gasp, but she's like, Oh, Amelia. And I was like, it kind of clicked in my head. And like, I looked in the mirror, which, you know, you know how you have that like familiar mirror that you look in and you know exactly what you look like at yeah, every yeah. Day, you know? And I looked at myself and I kind of did a double take and I was like, Oh my gosh, like that isn't me. I had gained a significant amount of weight and my self-esteem dropped. It was one of the more like like sobering moments I think of my journey. And at that instant I was like, I need to lose my weight. Like I need to lose all the weight I put on and then some. So I will also say during this time I ended up um, dating my boyfriend, my boyfriend actually like a month after I studied abroad and I was at my heaviest weight and um, the reason why I kind of justified our relationship was I was like, oh, you know, we were friends prior. We were friends in high school. He knows that I'm skinnier at one time. Like, you know, so that was kind of a weird, like, moment I had in my head. I was like, okay, he's only dating me because, like, one, I think I'm nice. Like, I'm not going to put myself down. But also, you know, he's seen me at better moments. And that's, that's, that's so that's interesting. Been, like, yeah. I can yeah. totally, like like understand that experience though like it kind of is like like justifying like the like justify reasonings for people liking you other than your looks like I can totally relate to that type of experience so it's like it is really it's so sad like when you like even just to say something like that out loud like it's really like sad to like think that like you ever thought that way about yourself but like it totally makes sense because I've totally had like similar thoughts at points like in time so it's just like it's really interesting right right and those thoughts in your head like they kind of make sense because they're you know stuck in your head but when you say them out loud it's terrifying yeah. it's so sad to think um but you know what that's how I justified it because I came back from studying abroad more you know more weight than I have ever been so Again, with that mindset, I um, joined Weight Watchers, and Weight Watch joining Weight Watchers was probably like it was one of the worst moments because I heard Weight Watchers, and you know, you hear older people doing it. It's like an old person diet, 
Um, but I tried it and I lost, I lost a fair amount of weight. And so I could go into my senior year of college feeling a little bit better about myself. So I went to my senior year and this, this is starting to see like where my, um, my, like how an eating disorder kind of formed. This was like an early stage, um, because in senior year, what I would do in, during the week is in order to, you know, earn my weekend. I'm using, you know, quotation marks here, earn my weekend is I would meal prep Monday through Friday. Um, I would, I can actually remember it off the top of my head here. I would have Greek yogurt for breakfast, only a cup. I would measure it out, um, with blueberries. And then for lunch, I would meal prep rice, um, chicken sausage and broccoli. And of course I would measure that out too. And then dinner was, you know, something easy on campus or, you know, a smaller portion of what my other roommates were having. So that was kind of like how I made the work, um, the week work just so I could like maintain that loss. But then Friday would come around and I would be like, Oh my gosh, I miss pizza. I miss calories. I miss bread. And I would go crazy. Like, like you'd make up for what you didn't do during the week. Exactly. So the way I was depriving myself during the week was being taken out on the weekends. And we used to, I went to Bloomsburg and there was this thing called the pretzelini. (laughs) What it was, it was like pretzel buns and like cheese and pepperoni. And it was like as greasy as possible. And you order after 2 a.m. And like, obviously I ordered it on Friday and Saturday nights because I could never order that during the week. Um, so that was kind of, that was kind of like week after week after week, but because I was depriving myself so much during the week, like my weight just kind of stayed the same. So I was okay with that. Um, so that's kind of how I wrote out my senior year. And I didn't really think I had a problem. Although, um, in reality, you know, I meal prepped and wouldn't eat anything except what I meal prepped. And I kind of made excuses, you know, if a friend wanted to go out to eat, I would say, Oh, like I don't want to make waste money, you know, I'm in college, which is also true, but yeah, very accurate. I, <laughs> yeah, very accurate. But I like the thought of, you know, ruining that that plan I had for the day would just like, you know, how could I earn my weekend if I went out with you on a Tuesday night? So that was that was my mindset for senior year, which is it's it's hard to look back at because, you know, I'm afraid I didn't enjoy myself to like like the most I could have. And then um so my journey with um, with food kind of took a turn post-college, and that's where, you know, I'm trying to find myself. I land a job, which, you know, every post-college person wants to do. <laughs> so I, I got the job, and I ended up, it wasn't exactly the dream job, so I tried to refocus my attention in other places, and, you know, I thought, let me retry this Weight Watchers thing again. I, you know, gained weight a little bit after senior year again, and, you know, food is always on my mind and especially like the weight gain from food. So I restarted Weight Watchers at that point. I restarted it and I thought, all right, I'm going into this. It's a diet. I know it's a diet. There's addiction in my family. Like I just don't want to become too obsessed with it. So I made a mental note and I said, like, whatever you do, don't buy a food scale. Because if you're familiar with Weight Watchers, the way it works is every point is labeled like a certain amount of um, points. And the way the points work is, like, say, for example, like a a chicken breast. Like, it's going to be, like, three points because it's high in protein, but it's low in fat. And, like, that's kind of how the point system works. So in order to get those points, you kind of, um, you have to measure your food out on a food scale. But my way of dealing with it was, like, I'm not going to have a problem. I'm not going to get a food scale. 
So this again, these are the thoughts that are going through my head. Yeah. So now can I ask real quick, Meals? Like, so yeah. when you you're saying that you got into this job, it wasn't exactly your dream job, you were kind of unhappy with it. Did you go back to Weight Watchers because you actually felt like upset with where you were at Weight Wise? Or was it more because like that reminded you of like a happier or like more controlled time? Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. There was, I think I was just unhappy with um, landing a job that I wasn't crazy about, but also I felt that there was always ways to improve my body. So I was like, I need to lose more weight. So that's how I kind of got back to Weight Watchers. And I know that I did it before and lost, like, I, I can't even remember the number, I, um, but I lost like probably 15 pounds after I studied abroad going into my senior year. So it's something that I knew that worked. So right. I, you know. And you were comfortable doing it. You had success from it before. So it's like a natural thing to go back to. Exactly. And you know what the thing I didn't even mention? The high of compliments you get when you lose weight. Uh, oh, my gosh. And I think most people can relate to that. Because, yeah. you know, first of all, being complimented, nobody likes to be complimented. But you people like to be complimented. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially if it's something like that that you've like been working towards like when you're obviously like you were looking to lose weight so when you get compliments for things like you have been working on it's like even like better <laughs> no exactly and so I was like I need to, I need to get to that point again so what did I go back to I went back to another diet so I'm doing Weight Watchers in this new job without a food scale no food scale I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't obsessed um but, you know, I, I was obsessed. I remember that cup of Greek yogurt I had in high or in college. I went to a half cup of Greek yogurt. And, like, my meals are planned out to tea. But, it and I, oh, I should say I was losing, like, crazy amount of weight. Like, to the point where I saw my aunt one week and then maybe, like, two months later, she was like, you are, you know, you are diminishing in front of me. Wow. And... Somebody with an eating disorder is like, oh, yeah, like, keep it coming. Like, this is yeah. great. Um, but in reality, kind of what was happening was I was eating those sad breakfasts, the sad lunch. I would come home or I would go right to Planet Fitness and go on the elliptical for an hour and a half. And meanwhile, throughout the day, I was stressed because of a job I didn't like. I had a small breakfast, a small lunch, maybe an apple in the afternoon if I was, like, really hungry that day. And then I would go on at the elliptical and then come home. And I would kind of just do that day in and the day out, but I was losing weight. So I was really comfortable in my routine and I kept doing it, but it kept, um, but I kind of referred back to that like college mindset where during the week I would be good. Or again, when I say good, like I'm using quotation marks. Yeah. And then the weekend is when I would go crazy. Like I remember uh, my boyfriend lived in Maniunk at the time. And, um, and we would go out and drink and I would only drink light beers because they were two points on Weight Watchers. So I could drink like three beers in that night and that would only be six points. So like, it's, it's a crazy mindset, but I would have a few beers and I would be wasted. Oh, I bet. Cause you're not taking in enough calories. Yeah. And it's so exactly. crazy that even to this day, you can tell how many points a light beer is. Like, I clearly, know. like, it's so ingrained in your mind. Absolutely, yeah. I, there's times where, like, I'll go into a little bit more later, but there's times where I look at food, and it's so hard not to see the point amount. 
Mm. Like I, I had to train my brain. Like this is food. It is not a point system. <laughs> like, yeah. But you're right. It's it really sticks in your head. So I would have those. I would have those two point light beers, and I would get wasted. Friday night, um, Andrew, my boyfriend, who lived with a few other guys, and of course, you know, they order pizza late at night. I have like three slices because I'm wasted. The next morning, I wake up feeling absolutely terrible. Like there's nothing in my stomach other than beer and pizza. And then you do it all over again. And then, as everybody's very familiar with the phrase Sunday scaries, which is very relatable. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Sunday scaries in my mind were, you know, one, the work week is approaching. Crap, I hate my job. Um, but two, I probably gained like two pounds this weekend. Like, what am I going to do? Like, I need to go come with a whole new meal plan. And then those calorie amounts and those point amounts, I would drop it like maybe like a few every week. Because I knew that I was getting to this vicious cycle, but I could control it during the week because I did the same thing. I went to work, I went to the gym, and then I came home. And it, I knew I could control that. So this kind of goes on for months at a time. Uh, Andrew, I will say, there was a few times where, you know, he would, he would ask me if I'm okay. And I would, you know, kindly say, yeah, like, I'm just trying to lose weight. And I'm not, I don't want to pull the guy card here, but he was like, okay, like, you know. Like, yeah, I, I think you're yeah. beautiful the way you are, but okay. <laughs> but again, this would go, this would keep, keep going on and on. Um, but of course there were times where, um, there were times where, you know, there were some things in my head where I would question myself. Um, the vicious cycles continued, but they got worse and worse. And it was around, it was around holiday times a few years, I guess it was four years ago at this point. And the holidays, which are a scary, scary time for someone with an eating disorder. It was Thanksgiving, and it was hosted at my um, at my cousin's house. And I remember I ate everything, like to the point where it was like it was a lot, and I felt absolutely sick. And all I wanted to do was go home and throw it up. But I thought, like, that's not who I am. Like, you know, like I. I'm on Weight Watchers. I don't throw up my food. Like, I just watch what I eat. I'm just trying to be healthy. Um, but I felt absolutely terrible. And I went home and threw up my Thanksgiving dinner. And that was, that was tough. Yeah. It, was, it was a moment where um, I just spent, like, a lovely day with the family and ate great food. And I was sitting on the bathroom floor. And that was kind of a, one of those moments where, I was kind of toying with the idea, like, this might be an issue. This is not normal. Um, so Thanksgiving happens, Christmas rolls around, you know, and then January comes. And, of course, everybody is in the um, everybody's in the mindset where they need to be skinny, too. And at this point, I'm thin. Like, I'm, I'm pretty creepy thin. And um, I remember, like, going to the gym still and doing my routine. And I was like in my, you know, normal, normal gym outfit. But I know, I know it looked good because I was skinny. This right. is my mindset again, which is scary. But I would look at other people who like, you know, maybe were a little bit, you know, bigger than I was. And I think, oh, like they really need to do Weight Watchers. Like they need to lose weight. Like why are they, like what are they doing here? And I was getting this like mean, I was becoming a mean person. But I was skinny. Like it was a really weird time in my mind because I thought like I looked good from the outside but the inside of me was just like a mean spirited people who thought I was better than other people 
and this like an eating disorder like this can just it takes over your mind and you know you are you are a selfish person and I'll share a few more kind of signs and I'll go into transition to how I found intuitive eating because there is a light at the end of the tunnel here yeah. <laughs> um but there was um I lived with my mom before moving up to Boston and I remember we were in BJ's and you know they're handing out these food samples and there was again I'm going to go into details about this because it was amazing <laughs> it was like a little crostini bread with like goat cheese and like a jam on there very fancy for BJ's was that, I was gonna yeah. say that's like gourmet like Wegman style oh, yeah. exactly well I mean your reactions it just shows like it's great so we walked by it my mom's like oh my gosh like, let's get some and I, lo- and I was like oh yeah and so I pulled up my like little Weight Watchers app and I plugged it in even though I, I knew how much it was um and I was like, oh, shoot, I'm going out with friends tonight. Like, I'm actually not going to eat this so I can save points for that life here. Um, but I turned it down. I was like, no, no, like, I'm not in the mood. And she was like, you love this. Like, what do you mean you're not in the mood? And, like, it was one of those moments where she, like, gave me that, like, that mom look. Like, yeah. something's not up. So that was that was kind of one of the, one of the signs. Of course, you know, the Thanksgiving, um, the post-Thanksgiving dinner was absolutely not okay. And at that point, like, I, I, sh- I thought about telling someone, but I didn't. Um, and then there was one more instance where Andrew and I were binge watching. I think it was Stranger Things. And it was like a, when it came out, like, it came out in the summer, right? A couple of years ago. I think yeah, that so, yeah. <laughs> and of course, you know, like any other post-college person and any human being, I binge watched like eight episodes. Oh, yeah. Stranger <laughs> Things and 13 Reasons Why, anytime the new season comes out, I watch it in a weekend. <laughs> exactly. Like, what else are you going to do? And, yeah. You know, what, what, what goes with Netflix binge watching? Yeah. Next. Mm-hmm. Like, and so we were watching at Andrew's um, apartment in Manyong. And I, first of all, I did not allow my mom to purchase goldfish, Oreos, like any of that kind of food. But that's at his house because, you know, he's a human being and wants like, to eat. Yeah. So... As we watched Stranger Things, we were watching it, and I kept getting up to get goldfish, I remember. And, like, it was probably the eighth time, because I would not allow myself to eat goldfish on any other day, but it was a Saturday, you know. So I got a goldfish for, like, the eighth time, and he paused it, and he was like, can you not? Like, and he, like, not he didn't raise his voice, but he was annoyed. Yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm totally eating too much. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, this is embarrassing. And he's like, I don't care how much you eat like I just want to watch the show like he's having to pause it and I was like oh like you haven't noticed how many times I've gotten up to get snacks it's like no like why would I care I was like oh, like your mind you went right to the food yeah yeah I was like oh wow okay so those were like a couple signs kind of you know I never like the word rock bottom like I think I had many moments where it was not great and there were many times where I should have seek professional help and I didn't. Um, but those were kind of a few things that led to the signs where I needed help. But the first or the way I got to intuitive eating was I was following an Instagram, um, kind of like an influencer. She wrote for BuzzFeed and she was like the ultimate Weight Watchers like star. Like, you know how you have somebody on your Instagram? Yeah. Where, like you, you refresh it and like when they post a story, like two seconds, watch that. Story. Yeah, watch <laughs> the story. Yep. <laughs> Exactly. So that's, that's who she was for me. And then she kind of like fell off Instagram for three months. And like, I was worried. Like, I was really curious where she was. Um, 
And so she came back on a random day and she was like, I need to be honest with you guys. Like, um, she had lost like 115 pounds of something like Weight Watchers. Yeah. So she was like, oh, yeah, she was like goals to me. Um, but when she came back from that, she was like, I, um, I have an eating disorder and like, this is what I'm doing. I, you know, I went to a friend's house and I came home and threw up and it just continued. And she was kind of saying all of these things that resonated with me. And then she went to say she saw, she went to therapy and she, you know, she learned about intuitive eating. And so at that point, that's kind of when the light bulb went off and I was like, okay, like my story is pretty similar. And from there, this is again, kind of where it takes a turn. I learned about intuitive eating. I read articles, I read books, I, anything that said intuitive eating, like I read it. But what I still didn't do is I still didn't see a therapist, which is probably something for anyone who's listening. If you know somebody, if you're experiencing this, or even if you like, you know, hear about it again, like professional help is the way to go. Like you, you deserve it. Like, absolutely. But again, this is, I learned about intuitive eating and I'll talk a little bit more about what that means and the principles behind it. But from there, I kind of admitted to Andrew and then like my family, like, I think I have a problem. Like, I think this is what's happening. Um, I talked about it. I forced myself to eat bread every single day for a week. And that sounds, sounds like the dream now. (laughs) But in that that, like moment, like eating bread and not throwing it up or not like, um, you know, obsessing over the point value was so hard. But I forced myself and I did it for six or six or seven days in a row. I gave myself Sunday, you know, um, I ate bread for six days in a row. And that was like a huge milestone for me. So again, this is something I did a lot of like these like little things to try helping me with. Again, I think a therapist would be able to guide someone a little bit better than me reading BuzzFeed articles probably. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then another thing I did do was um, this kind of sounds bizarre to say. But a lot about intuitive eating is mindfulness and kind of thinking about like how you're feeling with your body. So what I did is, oh my gosh, this is, this is something else. So I look at myself in the mirror naked for about five minutes every day. And like, you know, it's weird. It's super weird. But I would also journal about um, like two things about my day or about like how I felt loved that day that didn't involve food because for so much of my life, like food dictated my thoughts. It dictated like my social plans, what I was thinking about. Like the next day, it was just like everything about me. And I think I lost sense, like what was around me and like, you know, relationships. So I tried, that is just like a kind of a weird tactic I use. You don't need to do that if you don't want to. Um, but it helped me. It really did. No, I, I um, think that's really great. And I feel like, um, you know, just experiencing things that were similar to this, like, you know, when you are someone who likes to control things and can control, you know, like that makes you happy because like, you know, you can't control anything else. So this is the only thing you can do and you control your food. Like it does overwhelm your thoughts and you don't realize that like there is more to life than food or your meal or like, you know, that's just a a piece of it. Like, you know, I, 
remember I have someone at my work now that literally just like it and you know it's just hilarious to me because he's a man and it's just different but you know I love food I that I'm a foodie. I like going to places. Like I like cooking. It's one of my like favorite things to do. And he was just like, I literally just eat to like survive. He's like, I have no like thought into my food. I can't even tell you my favorite food. And I was like, what? I was like, that's bizarre to me. But it's just so funny because like, in all honesty, like that's how I wish I grew up and in high school and college, like I wish I had that same mindset where I'm like, listen, food's great when it's great, but it's not everything. I don't need to attach emotion to it. Mm-hmm. I think that's... I am always like... Sorry, go ahead, Meals. No, no, I was just going to say, I'm always mind blown when I meet, meet somebody and it's, um, and they're like, oh yeah, I used to survive. I'm like, no, no, survive to eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, it's like, that's like crazy to me too, because I feel like for me too, I've always been like very much like an emotional type eater. And like, that's like, like any everybody emotion, is like yeah. happy emotion, sad emotion, like anything like that. So, but it can be scary because I feel like I have on the opposite side where like when I've had struggles like this, um, my thing is like the control, like I feel like my eating is like out of control, like I remember as a kid, like eating, like, like I was able to tell when I was full. So like I would eat, I'd be full and then I'd be done. And that's just like your natural instinct. And I don't know when it flipped for me that like I would eat past me being full. I don't know if it was from like college and grad school, like being on the go all the time. And like, I'm not much of a snacker. I'm very much someone who like, I'll eat a meal and then we'll be doing things and won't eat again until I'm absolutely starving. So it turned into those things where I was always overeating because I was always eating when I was like completely famished and it got into like a really unhealthy cycle like that. And like mine was kind of the opposite where like food was like the area where I was like out of control Mm -hmm. because I just like couldn't like, I feel like I couldn't like satiate myself almost. So I have like a nutritional counselor now who she is a nutritionist, but she's like a, it's more like how like your relationship with with food and like how you view food. And so like she like brought up um, intuitive eating to me and like, that's how like I kind of learned a little bit about it, but like, it is interesting how like just like your own psychology of how you view the food and like the control it has over you. And so it's just like, it is something where like, you kind of have to like how you said, like you would look at yourself in the mirror every day. And like, there are like habits like that, that you have to do to just like completely change your mindset. And they sound crazy when you're doing it. But I think I even said like, but like you've brought it up a few times, like not labeling food as bad or good and things like that. So it's just like, it is very interesting how like your mindset in the situation can totally change like how you're feeling. Yeah, no, you're, you're totally spot on. And I, I, there's a blogger I really enjoy. Um, it's the defined dish and she has two young girls and the way she's kind of bringing them up with food and how to talk about food properly is like, there's always foods and sometimes foods. Whereas I think, like, and I think you were talking about sometimes like we just like label food as good and bad. Yeah. And so I, I really enjoyed her approach to that. I do have to give you credit, though, for, like, seeking out your own help because, I mean, like, I totally resonate with that. Like, if you are comfortable getting a therapist or seeking professional help, like, 
do it with anything. And I think we've talked about that multiple times on the podcast. But, um, you know, I think it's it's really, you know, a big credit to you that you went out and found all of these resources and kind of like checked in with yourself. I mean, that's hard to do. Like you did a lot of very hard steps to get your mind where you wanted it to be. And that takes like a lot of like self-control too, because I know for me too, even in situations where I've maybe caught myself in like an unhealthy habit, like I feel like you just give yourself every rationale to tell you it's not and like not do anything about it. So I think that's like a huge like feat in itself. Yeah, thank you. And you know what? I think we're lucky we're in a kind of a time where people value intuitive eating and people value like, you know, that there are eating disorders and there are um, there are thoughts, you know, that can lead you down this tough, tough pathway. So I'm lucky I found those resources. And I think intuitive eating, I was lucky because I tried it and I kind of just it just clicked. And there's, there's 10 principles of intuitive eating. And I mean, they're pretty like textbook, but I'll just go through them and kind of talk about them a little bit. The first one is um, reject the diet mentality. That's pretty much um, like focus. It's like you have to think about like, where has like you've been focusing on weight gain all this time? And like, where have you gone? Like, have you, are you happy? You know, so in my specific situation is like, you know, Weight Watchers, like, it works, you lose weight, but you're not happy, or in my situation, I was not happy. Yeah. So with with that, like, something easy, I think, not easy, but something you can do is, like, unfollow social media accounts that, like, idolize that diet culture. So that's the first one. Um, the second one is honor your hunger, your hunger, and, um, like, your body needs to eat. Like, you physically need food, and if you don't um, honor that hunger, it leads to cravings and binges which goes back to my, you know, Friday comes around and I'm going all in. So you need to honor your hunger there. And then make peace with food, which I kind of brought up um, just a moment ago. It's like, stop categorizing food as good and bad. It's so easy once you, like, if you hear donut, for example, like, you think, oh my gosh, like that's uh, like 100% bad. But like, there's no such thing as like, one food isn't going to make you healthy, just like one food isn't going to make you unhealthy. That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it's, it's like, it's hard to, it's kind of hard to, like, get into that, um, that mindset, but it, it's possible. And then the next one here is, um, like, when I said textbook answers, this is, like, kind of, like, challenge the food police. <laughs> <laughs> but what that means is, like, the food police is, like, those thoughts in your head were, again, going to that, like, BJ's moment with my mom and I was like I can't eat that sample um but it's kind of like making sure those thoughts in your head you can't declare food good or bad and when you can't sit like you can't eat a salad for lunch and be like okay I was good but I had I had a side of you know I had bread on the side so that's bad so that's kind of like the food police thoughts and then uh feel your fullness so we're trained um we have like we have to eat meals like at like you know nine o'clock breakfast, noon, lunch, and so on. Um, but what you want to, like, what I really loved about intuitive eating is, like, you have, like, pausing in your meal and realizing, like, this food is, like, freaking good. Like, it's, like, I'm enjoying myself. And, like, you know, like, I don't need to have, like, three cookies. Like, I can have two and actually be happy. But, like, some days I need three cookies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, number six here is discover the satisfaction factor. Um, so, 
Anna, you had talked about this a little bit, like you can feel physically full, but not satisfied. Mm -hmm. And so you keep like, you know, you kind of find that you're overeating to like feel that satisfaction. Um, But what intuitive eating kind of sees is like when you eat what you want, the feelings of satisfaction and like pleasure you feel like will help, um, will help you feel content like long-term. And that might end up like you might be eating less. And the example with this here I like to use is, when I would, um, when I would like want to snack with Weight Watchers, I remember I'd have these like um, sandwich thin, or not a snack. When I would have lunch, if I wanted a sandwich, like a good sandwich, I would get like sandwich thins and put like you know non-fat turkey breast in it. Like that's not a sandwich. Like so I would like you know go. <laughs> it's back a sad sandwich. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's like discover the satisfaction factor. Like, if you're having that craving, go for it. Like don't like you'll overdo it if you don't have it at that moment. And then what I think I don't want to make a generalization, but I think a lot of people can relate to this is um, coping with emotions um, without using food. So Mm -hmm. first off, I agree with this, but also disagree because I think emotional eating is so common to like, you know, help with your feelings and emotions. And I think that's okay. Like you should use food if you need to. But what I think it becomes an issue if you're using food is one, it's like not working to help. And then two, it's the only coping mechanism you have. Yeah. And eight, respect your body. That's kind of, you know, everyone's like so quick to judge themselves. You know, do the whole naked hair test. It's weird, but I promise. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, exercise, move your body. I, um, I mentioned that I used to go to Planet Fitness and do an hour and a half on the elliptical. Like, I would love to meet a person who loves the elliptical because I hated it. Like I yeah. I give you so much credit for being on it that long. Like I despise that machine Mm -hmm. and it that just sounds all types of wrong. Yeah. And but I love I love the whole move your body reference because I feel like that's something this year that I've like just recently got comfortable with because it like being like playing sports my whole life and then being like a college athlete. Like I always had like an, an idea in my head of like what a workout looked like. And it was like an hour of cardio, like heavy lifting, agility, things like that. And so when I got out of college and I was like on in grad school and even like within like the, over the past year and everything, my, when I was like, Oh, I really need to work out. My idea of that workout was that like intense type of training. And I, always dreaded it because I didn't want to do that like that it would always just like I I had also no business doing that like I wasn't training to be playing a sport at the time so like there's no reason to work out that way and so I would dread doing those workouts so then I just wouldn't do it and it took me a while to realize like it's okay like you can like move your body as in like go out for like a half hour walk that day. And like, that's a great exercise. Like you don't have to be doing these like intense training things in order for it to be like a workout or anything like that. And just like moving your body and like, like an at-home workout is totally fine. And so it took me like a really long time to get the concept that like moving your body is literally just that. And any form of that is like good enough. And I think that's like hard sometimes, especially with like you know, everyone has like workout videos on their Instagrams and like things like which can be helpful if like you're looking for something to do like at home. But I think it can be kind of like this toxic environment of like doing these crazy workouts at the gym and like that type of like um, gym culture and everything like that. So the idea of just like moving your body to move it and like be healthy 
is really amazing. And I love that. And I think it's like something people need to be like more comfortable with. And I think what you said, that exercise is like perfect. Like you said you weren't an expert. You're pretty good. Um, (laughs) Don't, don't make her head too big. (laughs) No, but it's, it's true. Like moving your body doesn't mean like you need to go to a high intensity interval workout and like, you know, burn a certain amount of calories. Like, it's just going for a walk or like, you know, or going for a high intensity workout, like whatever your body wants then. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like, especially for me too, like when I enjoy what I'm doing and I'm not dreading it, I'm so much more inclined to do it and like keep doing it. So it's just like finding like those workouts. Like it took me a while to just like find like workouts that like made me like one feel good, but two, like I was like, look forward to doing them. Well, yeah. And I think that that's like, and you both are hinting at this. And I think that's pretty much the point that diet culture and gym culture make it seem like there's a one size fit all. And like, there's not like, there's like, especially with diets. That's what I think that they're so hard about because you follow it. Every single person's following it. You're but your lifestyle is different. Your body's different. Your likes and dietary restrictions are different. Like, and you can't, like not everybody should be doing that. And then that's where there's problems that pop up. Like you might not be built to be like for me, I'm not built to be a runner. I don't think I I just don't like it. Me either. But if I were to force myself to do that, I could do it, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't enjoy it. I would dread my workouts. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't like it, but I like weightlifting and like I go twice a week and I do weightlifting and I still sweat and I still, you know, get a good workout in. Mm -hmm. It's 30 minutes. It's lovely. I don't mind getting up and I'm happy when I'm done. And it's like, you know, it's not for everybody, but like, it's, you know, it's, it's hard when, and the same thing with the diets, it's just hard when it, everybody's told this is what you should do because I'm an influencer and I'm Mm. telling you that I did it. And especially young kids and I say kids, but Mm -hmm. like teens and influenced college students, like they soak that stuff Mm -hmm. up. And it's like one, I feel like the whole diet and like workout, like market, it's so saturated where it's one of those experiences. I feel almost where like you have too much information available to you. So it's kind of like, there here are 60 million different diets I can try that people have claimed they've lost weight or 60 million different type of diet pills where people have claimed they lost weight. Like I'm going to go and try this and try that. And it's like this like terrible cycle of trying all of these like diets that are just like fad diets. And like, I remember, I can't tell you how many times we, my roommate in college bought those stupid, like skinny tea. bullshit oh, things. Yeah. Like I also purchased. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just in like celebrities, like, who have like these either they have trainers where they work out so hard and like that's why their bodies look that way or they get surgeries or whatever and they're like try hair bear skinny mint whatever fluff (laughs) and you're drop 20 pounds and it's Mm -hmm. like what it's like I feel like the markets are just so saturated where it's also like hard to find sometimes like where how you found intuitive eating like things that actually work and that are actually healthy and good for you and are going to put you in like a good mindset so I'm happy because I feel like like this whole movement is like leaning towards this as uh, uh, like not like like the skinny mint teas and all that bullshit we used to do. I feel like the whole culture is try- like somewhat moving in like a better direction, which is nice. But like there still is that really unhealthy diet culture out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And there, like, there is so much out there. It's hard not to, you know, be like, oh, 
should I try the skinny tea? But, you know, you're right. Like, if, if there was a skinny tea that worked, like, people would be sipping it like a mess. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you're right. The, the, I think the way, like, or the way I hope our society is kind of shifting is everybody is, like, an individual, not same thing doesn't work for everybody. And, like, that's what we just talked about with, like, moving your body. Like, it's different for everybody. And then the last the last example kind of is also like an individual basis here because it's not going to be the same for everybody. But what it is, it's, it's honor your health with gentle nutrition. And that's kind of a mouthful, but the way I break it down in my head is um, being healthy doesn't mean like eating perfectly. Like what I used to think was perfect was that Greek yogurt um, <laughs> and then like the lunch and like that's not perfect. Like you can, you know, your days aren't perfect. So that's kind of what like how I interpret it and like you should choose foods that make you feel good I used to think that like a salad with grilled chicken was a salad but like no like put like put stuff on it put ranch dressing like make it good like make yourself enjoy it and what it is it's like it's the consistency over time on what you eat it's not you don't you're not like the definition of what you eat that moment so those are just like the the principles of intuitive eating there's a lot of great resources which i'll talk more about but like these things don't happen overnight i will i will definitely reassure you um and like i'll talk a little more about like where i am because when i say they don't take overnight like i think i've been i don't know if the right word is like practicing intuitive eating but i've been practicing intuitive eating for probably over two years now um, and it doesn't happen overnight. Like when I first started, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm intuitive eating. I can eat whatever I want and I'm honoring my body. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> and you know, like I ate, like, I ate, like, I like, deserve like the best foods out there. And I, oh my gosh, I think I like ate like two slices of pizza and I was like, and my mom's like, oh, do you want a third? I was, we were having dinner and I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, like I was cool cool please know that and I was like yeah I'll have a third piece of pizza and like I felt I felt extremely full and uncomfortable after that so like with intuitive eating like just because you're practicing intuitive eating doesn't mean that like you know eating all the foods is going to make you feel good it's just kind of like checking in with your body like the mindfulness of like recognizing how your body is feeling in that moment and it sounds it kind of sounds spiritual when you talk about it because like, there is a certain point to it where, like, you know, you have to think about how you are during that moment. But something I want to share is, like, where I am today. It's just kind of, like, a beautiful story in my head. I hope it translates well. <laughs> um, but two things I talked about, and I want to circle back to, is that food scale. Never own a food scale in my life. Never. I thought they were, like, you know, the worst things out there. Why would you measure your food? I bought one. I bought one back in March. And, wow. And... You want to hear the best part? It's because I started to bake bread, that sourdough bread. Um, and, like, you need to measure out the bread and the water to make sure the ratios are right. So, it's like, so the first recipe I read is, like, you should have a food scale first. And I was like, oh, this is conflicting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But it's kind of, like, a beautiful moment because I used to be terrified of bread. If you remember, I made myself eat it six days in a row and, like, now I'm buying a food scale so I can make bread. Like, it's yeah, just, it, it's just a really cool moment where like, you know, that light is at the end of the tunnel, like it actually happened. Yeah, that is, that is beautiful. Mios. Yeah. I do like that. And it's like very, very full circle. Yes. 
but I, I want to reiterate, like, you know, not everything is, I'm terrible at expression, so I was going to, like, not everything is, like, sunshine or, yeah, um, like, sunshine you know, you and butterflies. No, it's yeah, rainbows. There you go. Sunshine and rainbows. Yeah, okay. oh. Rainbows and butterflies, I think. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Happy. No, none of us were wrong. I should have included my intro. I have the worst of expression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I am, like, you know, I'm happy right now. Like, I think I found my groove. Um, I don't, I use the food skills to make bread. I found movement I enjoy. Um, but there are still days where, you know, I look and I remember there was a time where, like, I sit in a size smaller or, like, you know, one of those moments. But you just kind of have to remember that, like, those thoughts, like, yes, I might have been, like, doing the quotation marks again. I might have been skinny and attractive, quotation marks. Um, but I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy at all. Yeah, and I feel like um, a lot of people think that skinny equals happy and I think that people put just because that's again what society makes you think and social media makes you think that you'll be happier if you're tinier and if you just get one size smaller and um you're absolutely right I think that we could do a whole like episode on like how social media influences all of that but um it, it doesn't I feel like you know you're not the first person I've heard this from that they finally got to this the skinny you know look that they wanted and it wasn't enough or they realized just like looking back like what you sacrificed to get there like you're missing out on life when you're doing all of that mm -hmm. and it's like a sick game of like who can take up the least amount of space in the world and like it's just like such like a sick mindset and i feel like especially like i like how i think one of the first um rules I think you said was like unfollow people on social media who like maybe make you feel a certain way and I totally agree with that and I've definitely done that and like started following like more like body positive people on Instagram and stuff like that yeah. and it is like it is crazy like how much your mindset on like how you look and stuff can change just by like doing little like implementing little changes like that but then also to your point where like you're like you still have some like days where you think like have those kind of like intrusive type thoughts. And I think that's like also part of it is like not every day is going to be like just because like you're like you said, you're in your groove and you feel like you found something that really works for you and you feel your best. Like not every day is going to be perfect like that. And like like with anything, your whole food journey is a journey like it's not like a destination where one day you're gonna be like oh all right everything's great now and I think mm -hmm. that's like important to point out too for people that like there are still probably going to be hard days or days where like maybe you feel like restricting more than others and stuff like that because like it happens to everyone right yeah and I think I think like the unfalling on social media is a huge thing that like or unfollowing like social media influencers that promote the diet like it's something that like sounds so easy and it is in like in the thought but doing it it makes a difference it mm -hmm. really does and that was that was one of my suggestions I kind of try to put through like like a few like if I were telling myself this a few years ago or if anybody's listening that maybe you know they know somebody that might be struggling with this like um one was the social media two was Going back to that, seek professional help. Like, there's people out there that are trained for this. Like, utilize them. And then, um, of course, there's many books. Um, there's a lot of, like, um, intuitive eating. I think there's um, 
like more like textbooks and then there's articles. So I encourage you to make sure you find like a um, resource that you trust. And then this is like my favorite little tidbit that I think I came up with, but it's probably out there. <laughs> um, but when you see somebody, if you see a friend and maybe they look like they lost a few pounds, like maybe they like, you know, start taking up running for fun, whatever. So if they look like they lost a few pounds or something like that, and so I'm like, wow, you look skinny. Like, you look great. Say, you look so happy. That's <laughs> a like good that. one. Yeah, it's just like the little the little things, I think. Like, if we start changing the way we talk to other people, like, it's a snowball effect. Like, our parents kind of learn from what they learned. They did diets and whatnot. But I think we're, as a generation, learning to use our words in different ways. So telling somebody they look happy is not a physical trait. Like, you know, they might be smiling. But it's just, I think it's just those little things that are going to go a long way. Yeah, for sure. I love that. I think that's like such a good way to like approach it. And especially like how you said when, when people would like compliment you and like your weight loss and everything like that. I think that's a great way to like, especially if someone maybe does look happy and maybe they're not feeling the happiest and you go up and tell like, you look happy. Like it's either going to be a check-in point for them or like a, oh, like, I'm glad someone thinks I'm looking yeah. happy, you know what I mean? Instead of, like, yeah. and even just, like, in general, it's such a, like, the concept of, like, commenting on someone's appearance is so weird. I know. And we do it all the time. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's almost hard, like, hard not to say, like, that to someone or a friend. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird because, like, it by, and just, again, in this new line of thinking you know like if you're complimenting someone on their appearance you're putting weight on it like yeah. and, and not for you know no pun intended like you're literally like, <laughs> you're putting well, a point to it <laughs> you're you're yeah you're making it mean something more and you never know what someone's going through yeah. so it's like that person could be really struggling with their weight and you, now they're going to chase like you said that high but I'd rather them chase the high of being happy like yeah, yeah like I am happy I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing now I think it's that extra coffee I got today like yeah. you know whatever it is like, and like yeah and it's like such a like a, most of the time I'd say 90% of the time like someone's appearance isn't something they can control right like you look the way that you look right and like the, no none of us if someone's pretty they didn't do anything to be pretty they just are naturally became a pretty person yeah like it's just like not not that anyone's ugly because that's not the case but like because that's what that made it sound like and that's not what i'm saying but like looks are such like i mean a superficial thing so when you really think about it it is such like an odd thing that we put so much like pressure on and like lauren said put so much weight in so um i love that do you have any like specific maybe instagram accounts or anyone like that that you obviously meals by meal everyone should follow <laughs> but um is there any other people maybe on instagram or youtube or something that you follow that like has really helped you or that you really like yeah no i think that's a great great question um, there's a few there's one um ariel says so that's gonna be the, that's that blogger that i introduced where she kind of disappeared for three months okay um actually fun fact her um weight loss story is actually still on buzzfeed and they promote it it's pretty messed up but wow. ariel says yeah well some, some gossip for you um but ariel says highly recommend um restoring your radiance is another one she um she was kind of like in a a diet i'm not sure what diet she did but she thinks she just really um like 
so restoring your radiance. She was, um, she got into intuitive eating after really restricting herself. So she's a great one to follow. And then there's a feel good dietitian. Um, there's, there's a lot of Instagram handles. If you actually just search like intuitive eating on a hashtag, of course, make sure that the person is like trustworthy and they're following the principles and things that you align with. But, um, I really rely a lot on Instagram to find those, uh, resources. Yeah. And we can too, when we, um, post about the episode on Instagram in our, um, like description, we can, we'll get the, um, all the accounts from you meals and we can, um, like link them in the post too, if anyone's interested in the ones like Amelia has talked about that way it's easy for everyone to find. That's um, a great idea. Yeah. Because I think, I think that's always helpful too, especially like how you, I mean, this is pretty much like pretty self-taught for you. And like, I feel like that's kind of the beauty of like social media and the internet and stuff. So it's always nice to have like good people that you, that are recommended by someone to like go to and like check out their page and like who they are and what they do and everything like that. Yes, absolutely. Oh, I love that. Is there anything else that you wanted to to share that maybe we didn't touch on or any final thoughts that you would want to leave everybody with? Yeah. So Anna and Laura, I'll really say this to you both. Thank you so much for, I mean, one, providing a platform where I feel like you've had so many stories across the board, like share their stories. And I think it's a, I think what you've created is amazing. So thank you for letting me be a part of this. And I think it's, I think intuitive eating is a topic that, you know, comes up and the diet culture is, is, is real and it's out there. And just if you're struggling with it, um, know that you're not alone, but there is there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Thank you love so that. much, Meals. This has seriously been, I and like I said, like I was so excited about this episode and I think it's just so beyond important and I'm so like grateful and appreciative of you for like trusting us with the story and being comfortable enough to you know share this with people and I think it was like really really interesting I think it was super helpful and I think a lot of people are gonna learn a lot in like I think it's to going episode. to impact a lot of people yeah, too but I think it's also going to resonate with like a ton of people because it's just so relatable and I think it's something not we're all not like super comfortable talking about and but it like needs to be because I can guarantee you, I think I know, I think all of my friends, we've struggled with some version of this at some point in our lives. Um, and it's just like so important to talk about and like get it out there. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And that means so much to me too. Well, we are so happy to have you on and I can't wait to um, tag all these resources and have everybody listen to this fully. Um, this is just amazing and we're so grateful, like Anna said, to have you on. Um, I enjoyed it. I think this is one of my favorite, not just because I'm biased and I miss oh, you yes. and I like talking with you, but uh, I it just is a wonderful topic and um, you are a great storyteller, you Amelia. Are. That was very beautiful. <laughs> I, I see some podcasting skills in you. We oh, do. Man. Wow. Can Maybe we get a, a Meals by Meal podcast? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just constantly talk about food. <laughs> I love it, it. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I well, it. I Thank hope, you very much. Of course. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Girl Vibes Only podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and stick around for more every Monday morning. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Girl Vibes Only. That's G-R-L Vibes Only to stay up to date on our latest content and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. 
T-T-Y-L-X-O-X-O, girl vibes only.